All right, guys, it's showtime. Welcome back. I got a special episode for you this 36 preview with a special guest, uh, my brother-in-law, Chris Seibert. Chris, how you doing, man? Not too bad, man. Good to have you on. I talked to you when I first uh, set up this podcast to potentially have you on for a WrestleMania or WWE pay-per-view episode, and no better time than WrestleMania, right? Yeah. All right, we're going to start you off and get you introduced to the audience with uh, some rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Uh, shoot. All right. Favorite sports team? Favorite sports team? Uh, it got to be the Broncos, man. All right. Who's your favorite Bronco? Um, right now, Drew Locke. I'm looking forward to see what he brings to uh, next season. Who's your favorite non-Bronco? As in other Anybody teams? in the league not a Bronco? Um... I don't know. I have to give my hat to Tom Brady, you know? Okay. Uh, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Apple or Android? Apple, all the way. Favorite beer? Um, no longer drinking beer anymore, but it was Corona. <laughs> Pizza or steak? Oh, steak. Favorite movie? Um, Scarface. Favorite Friends character? Chandler, Chandler all day. Star Wars, all day. The Furious. Um, oh, that's torn, man. I'm in between. Raw or SmackDown? Uh, currently Raw. Royal Rumble or Survivor Series? What's your favorite to watch? Mm, Royal Rumble, definitely. So much history there. Stone Cold or Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan. Come on now. Favorite WrestleMania of all time. WrestleMania 10 would be my personal favorite. Okay. That's weird because you've been to a WrestleMania. <laughs> I have. You're right. I have. I, 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 I know these next two questions. It's simply for the audience. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart, baby. Who's your favorite current wrestler? Uh, the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. All right. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get right into it. We're gonna talk about a documentary that posted this uh, past week, uh, season two, Dark. Uh, season two came on. Uh, used to be, I guess, still is, pretty controversial topic. In the world, uh, definitely a wrestler that both of us grew up on for sure. Uh, Chris Benoit, did you get to see any of that? Oh, uh, yeah, I saw both one and two in the same day, streamed it live from my phone. Uh, that was a pain in the butt, but I got through it. What'd you, uh, what'd you think? Did you, first off, what did, let's go to this. What did you think? And then did you hear anything or see anything that you did not know before watching it? Um, you know, the facts behind, behind everything, you know, there was so much thrown out there about, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and, you know, woman who don't, people don't know it's his wife, but, you know, so many things behind those stories that I didn't know that I thought I knew. Yeah. The, the one thing that I took away from it that I, I guess I was unaware of if, if I ever heard this, I definitely don't remember hearing it that the murder slash suicide took place over a three day period. Yeah, you know, that that was my that was mind blowing. You know, I thought it, you know maybe it all happened in one shot, and you know anybody who's seen it knows the story now. But you keep, yeah, people who haven't seen it, you know, is just it's mind blowing to me why why he would you know do the things to his you know to his son and his wife, and then you know take it on a couple more days after that. It's just he chose goes to show he wasn't all there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very obvious at this point. Um, if there's anything that I learned of this entire documentary, lots of big names are in it. Chris Jericho, Chavo Guerrero was in it. Vicky Guerrero was in it. Uh, Chris Benoit's son. That's another thing, to be honest with you. I always thought that he only had one son and he took that son's life. I didn't know that he had another son from a previous marriage that essentially lived on from all this. How, that's got to be the worst issue. Like, your dad... Everybody in that house, just imagine if you were there too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I knew he was married once before, 
but you know, I knew he had a kid. I just didn't know how old da- how old David was or anything like that. Yeah, to, to, if you guys have not seen it yet, and you're listening to this episode, you know you're probably somewhat of a wrestling fan, or at least here's the thing: even if you're not a wrestling fan, let's say you're simply a. Do- My wife could give two craps about wrestling, but she watched it and thought it was very well done. The documentary is great. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. It's episode one of season two. Crisp the murder of Crispin or the murder slash homicide, suicide, whatever of Crispin Benoit. Definitely check it out. Well worth your time. It's super well done. Uh, again, it's a, it, it, it's something that in the wrestling world still gets talked about today. Cause Chris Benoit was a huge staple in wrestling, especially at the time that it happened. It wasn't like he was retired. He was a current wrestler. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on. We got, a big show to cover today. Let's talk about, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but obviously the coronavirus takes over the wrestling world. There's no fans on Raw, on SmackDown, and NXT. What is your opinion of what they're doing with one to two matches, one to two to three promos, and then showing an old slash a bunch of old wrestling videos, whether it be old pay-per-views or old matches or whatever it may be. What's your take on all that? I mean, uh, I understand, you know, the WWE pushing content, trying to give their viewers what they come to expect. And, they, and God knows they can't with everything that's going on here. But yeah, at, at the same time, they're, you know, trying their, their darndest and they, they ain't got much to work with. One or two matches. Yeah. I mean, I would if I were them, I would have shortened up, you know, the shows, just to you know not make, keep it everybody interested in what they're talking about, but don't show nothing old. Because to be honest with you, I had I haven't watched wrestling since this whole virus happened. I saw the first episode of Raw, and I was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't happening. But I am current with it, and I just at the same time, I just I don't think it should be you know a three a three hour show or a two hour show. They should limit it down at least that's my opinion yeah i think that they if if i was them if, let's say i'm in their shoes and i'm not vince mcmahon and nobody's gonna tell vince mcmahon what to do that's very clear but if i was them i would have eight o'clock to nine o'clock be prime time everything that i need to get across to my audience i would have in there the other day i'm watching raw and i don't this was like one or two weeks ago i'm watching raw it opens up with a promo segment, I think, from Brock Lesnar. Don't quote me. It might have been Edge. It, it could have been anybody. I don't really remember. I think it was Brock. And then immediately translated, it, it transitioned to a 2015 triple threat match between Brock, John Cena, and Seth Rollins. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a Lesnar guy. You know I'm a Lesnar guy. I enjoy Seth's work. I enjoy John's work. That match is fantastic. Agreed. But you put that at the 8.30-ish time frame, that's prime watching time. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom why they would do that. So if I was taking over, I would literally do 8 to 9 prime time stuff. Then I would have, I might filter in a couple of older things between 9 and 10, but ultimately I would still probably showcase some current stuff, maybe be a match or two. And then from 10 to 11 on Raw, I would just put up old stuff. I, because people aren't watching. That's always been their weakest rating anyway. People aren't watching. Let it go over these next couple weeks. Just who cares? Just put on old pay per view match or you know the old Royal Rumble, whatever you want to do, old WrestleMania matches, and just let it go. Stop making people stay up till ten forty five at night to get one last promo in before they. It's just it's too much. Like Brock was cutting up. Paul Heyman and Brock were cutting a promo Monday night at ten fifty. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. You know, they got TV time to cover and, you know, the, this, this, you know, four, three hour show on, you know, or, or a two hour show that they got to fill. And they, they understand they can't shorten it by any means, but I know I agree with you wholeheartedly. Put all the stuff in the beginning and then if you're showcased something, you know, put it at the end of the show, you know, where if they want to watch, they can. If not, you know, move on. Yeah. So, one thing that I will commend, AEW's done a pretty good job with this, and NXT is doing a pretty good job with this, the empty arenas. And NXT is going to be spreading out their NXT TakeOver event. 
They canceled TakeOver for WrestleMania weekend. They're going to be spreading it out over the next several weeks. And I do think this will help with their ratings war against AEW. They ha- it hasn't really been competitive. They're losing by roughly 100,000 people a week. And tonight, you got Keith Lee defending the North American title against Dominic Dajakovic and Damian Priest. And mark my words, if Keith Lee loses the belt tonight, he will be on either Raw or SmackDown next week. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, but that's a little prediction for you for tonight. You got Velveteen Dream taking on Bobby Fish. If Dream wins, which I would suspect he does, he'll take on Adam Cole in the next coming weeks for the NXT title. You got a second chance gauntlet match. Whoever wins that gets the last spot in the women's number one contender ladder match, which should be coming up either next week or in the coming weeks. I think it is. I think it's next week, though. And then next week on NXT TV, this is what I want to talk about. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa for empty arena match. Now, mind you, every match right now is an empty arena match, but it sounds like from the promos. First off, have you seen the promo between Ciampa, Gargano, and Triple H to set this match up? I vaguely, you know, like, okay. I, go ahead. No, I, so you, you see it vaguely, you know, at least what I'm referencing. Yes. Okay. So the empty arena match supposed to go on next Wednesday night from my understanding is not just like no fans. They're literally going to go in an abandoned building and just beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and what you, what else you going to do, you know, put on a, a, you know, a decent wrestling match. I mean, those two can, you've seen it in the past, but you know, take advantage of what you got, you know, if you're going to, you know, go, go into like a parking lot or like a backstage area, you know, d- go ahead and do it for the viewers, man. Yeah, the one thing that we were texting back and forth about this the other day, and we're going to touch on it again in the WrestleMania preview, but the one thing that Vince McMahon, Triple H, whoever's behind, whoever's under the hat right now, they're trying to do a lot of matches where it doesn't matter if there are fans there or not. We'll talk about that more in the WrestleMania episode with some of the gimmick matches they got going on, but it's not going to matter that Gargano and Ciampa don't have fans because they're going to be in an empty building. I think initially when I know you, I, and uh, you know, our other brother-in-law, Zach, we were talking about this weeks ago. I think the only match that these two could have had in a part four of this series is hell in a cell. Agreed. And we're getting robbed of that because there's no fans. What I'm kind of hoping, what I'm kind of hoping happens and I can't book this and who knows, I hope these two beat the hell out of each other to the point where nobody gets up and they postpone the feud. Both of them go off TV for maybe a month or so. Wait till this virus kicks in. We can get some fans and set up a takeover. Gargano, Ciampa, Hell in a Cell. It's the only way to end the feud. It's a complete blow-off match. It's it's the blow-off of blow-offs. Hell in a Cell is the ultimate blow-off match, and these two need to have one. No, I no, I agree, but I agree to to some points. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go to a, to a double disqualification or anything like that because you know people are fans of Gargano or Ciampa. One's gonna want to see the other one win. You got this. I mean, I see where you're going with the hell in the set, the hell in the cell uh, gimmick, but I just I don't know. I think fans are gonna want a clear cut winner, and then you know, the other one would come out and just you know argue that you know. You know, you got the best of me this time, but I want a shot type of deal that we see in wrestling all the time. And then you get your help in the cell. That's what I think is going to happen. Well, if Gargano wins, their series would be 2-2. If Ciampa wins, it's 3-1. You can't do a fifth match. No, that's why, you know, they're going to give it to Gargano because it would be, you know, 2-2. And then you get your, you know, finish. Yeah. Well, let's move on. WrestleMania is this Saturday, 7 o'clock. Pre-show's at 6 p.m. It's free to anybody on FS1. And then, for the first time ever, a two-day event. Also on Sunday at 7 o'clock, pre-show at 6. Also free on FS1. So, let's talk about the single matches on the event. It's a 16-match card. Obviously, last year you were at my house for WrestleMania. I think you got over at 12, 15 at night. Just... WrestleMania has been long from the sounds of it. It's going to be two, four hour shows, which I'm pretty excited about. 
five if you include the pre-show. But let's start with match one that I have here. Elias and Corbin. Not much of a build to this match. Corbin's been hot. Elias has been whatever over the last year. Who you got winning? What do you think comes of this match? Um, I I take I take Elias over Corbin solely because Elias you know needs to go somewhere with his career, and a big win over Corbin would establish him on on that route on that route. I mean, I'm not a, I I you know admire Baron Corbin. I think he's a good wrestler, but at the same time, you know, I prefer Elias. <laughs> you know, I mean, who wouldn't? I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm one with the, you know the sources of wrestling. I read a lot of uh, sources in wrestling. You know, stuff is supposed to happen in this match that people are predicting, and I don't foresee that happening. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, you know, people are saying they're gonna plug you know Jeff Hardy into the mix. I mean, I mean a lot of things are going on rumored, but you know, we're gonna stick with what what we got, and I would take Elias over Corbin. So I have another theory for Jeff Hardy, and I'll give it to you a little bit later. But I'm going to take Corbin to win this match. I 100% agree with everything you've said. Elias needs this win more. But Corbin has now lost a few matches in a row to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is feuding. Well, he pulled himself out. We'll get to that in a little while. But I think Corbin takes this, dude. He comes off a huge win last year over Kurt Angle. He retires Kurt Angle. You can't have him lose to Elias. I think Corbin goes over here. And we'll talk about Jeff Hardy in a little bit. But if this if this truly does stay one-on-one, I got Corbin beating Elias. Let's move to two. This match came out of literally nowhere. I believe it's a, com- a completely cold feud. If it's not, please help me out and correct me. Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, that's, yeah, like I said, like you said, straight left field, there's nothing there. I mean, it's just something to fill. I mean, with, with with two really good, really really good wrestlers. I mean, I'm I'm taking Alistair in that, just because you know he needs his push, and you know Bobby's not as good as Alistair in my opinion. Yeah, actually, we're we're agreeing here too. I know we're gonna we're gonna disagree a lot today, but we're actually agreeing here again. So, I got Alistair winning. Here's why: Alistair makes his roster debut middle of basically early last year with Ricochet. They end up getting on the WrestleMania card. They do lose. I think he wins this one. Bobby Lashley is a credible talent. Uh, Alistair hasn't really beat anybody to name outside of AJ, and that came with the help of Undertaker, if we're being fair. I think Alistair wins here pretty quick. couple of minute match, nothing serious. Black Mass, one, two, three, moves on. And I think Alistair does get a continued heavy push post-Mania. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, this one just recently added, but it's not a cold feud. Otis, Dolph Ziggler. Sounds like Mandy is in Ziggler's corner. This basically the background of this feud is Otis has always been drooling over Mandy Rose. Finally, he thinks he's getting a date with Mandy Rose. He appears to go to the date. And when he goes to sit down, he sees Dolph Ziggler is in his spot and has started a feud from there. Kind of, uh, morphed into the Elimination Chamber match. They were feuding and and brawling or whatever. Who do you think wins this one? Mind you, Dolph Ziggler doesn't have any real signature WrestleMania moments. So who do you think takes this one? I think so. I think they give it to Otis, to be honest. With everything that's happened, they they pushed Dolph with this this Manny thing and made made Otis look like, you know, the heartbroken puppy. And I honestly think they give it to Otis just just to be sympathetic with him. You know... I, I, I want to agree with you, but there's not going to be a crowd there, so they're not going to get a pop. I think Ziggler wins this. He cheats somehow. It's not going to matter because there are going to be no fans there to boo or anything, but I, I just I can't see Ziggler losing at a WrestleMania stage to Otis, and I'm not taking shots at Otis, but I just uh, I don't know. We're going to disagree here. I'm taking Ziggler. Let's go to the next match. This is probably the the top singles match on the card with no gimmicks or anything like that. If I had to pick one out, this is not a cold feud. This feud has been going on for, I think it started. If I had to, if I had to put a day, I think it started the night after survivor series. So this has been going on a while. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, or it has show stealer written all over it. Yeah. Oh, Oh yeah, it does. 
What do you think? I know. I, I do. I mean, you got Kevin Owens, remarkable talent. Seth Rollins, I don't even need to explain. Uh, I mean, I think I think it steals the show. You have a lot of matches, but I think this one takes it, to be honest. And I, I also heard this one's supposed to be on, you know, the Saturday night issue of, of WrestleMania. I, th- I think that's supposed to end it. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I, I heard they were going to start that with, you know, another match. But we, I will make my comment later. Who do you got? Who do you got winning this one, Kevin or Seth? Um, I'm gonna take Seth in that. Just, just be biased. Okay. Do you think the goons jump in, or do you think this one stays clear? I, I think Seth gets his little, little uh, disciples to get in there. I see an appearance from the Viking Raiders as well, and I just, I, I think a lot's gonna be put into this match, and it won't be straight up. Okay. Um. I'm actually going to agree with you here. I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. Right now, the, kind of the, the tail end of this feud has, has been pushing that Kevin Owens doesn't have a WrestleMania moment, which he really doesn't. But Seth Rollins has plenty of them, and I think he adds to it. I think he does beat Kevin Owens. And uh, I think that will probably be because of the Disciples if I had to choose. I don't think he gets a clean win over Kevin Owens. I do think there's some smas there. If it does stay clean and Seth beats him, he beats him. But I, I just think that this feud probably keeps going because, honestly, it doesn't feel worn out. I don't know about you. It doesn't feel like it's run its course yet, especially because this is – mind you, I just told you this feud's been going since November. This is their first singles match, correct? Correct. Yeah. I think they get a second one here in another month or so. I'll take Rollins to win this one, though. That boy. Let's go with uh... – Let's start with the, t- the title matches. There's lots of them. Okay. Let's start with Sami Zayn, who gets his first title victory in like some odd, it's a crazy amount. It's like 2,000 days or something. Pinning Braun Strowman with the help of Cesaro, Shins- Shinsuke Nakamura. But Daniel Bryant gets the title opportunity based off of Drew, Drew Gulak victory last uh, Friday night on SmackDown. Sami, Daniel, who you got? Um, I'm taking Daniel just because he's got the experience and the and the big match situation. Um, I do think you know a lot of people, a lot of people get, get involved in it, and, but I I'm taking Daniel to win. You know the crazy thing is is this one could very easily steal the show and nobody would even bat an eye. But for some reason, I don't see this match. I don't even see it happening in a way. I don't know. I just. I don't know that Sami Zayn's completely healthy. I think they're messing with us, trying to think that he's healthy and getting us all excited for a Daniel Bryan-Sami Zayn match that everybody knows would be four stars minimum on a Dave Meltzer board. If this match were to somehow happen, I do have Daniel losing. So his wife's pregnant. He's basically already said uh, you know, on the Bellas podcast and basically in public interviews that he has been wrestling full-time, so to speak. I don't see them putting the IC strap on him unless he's going to drop it immediately, either in the, in the next month or so. I'm going to take Sami Zayn, or I'm going to take this match not happening, whether it be a backstage beatdown, whether it be a Sami Zayn faked injury. For some reason, I just, I just, this just seems like a match that they would pull off the card for whatever reason. That's just my my bold prediction of the night, I guess. Let's move on to the next match. This one uh, got changed up on Raw. We got the Street Profits. They won the titles last month for Seth and Buddy. And they're going to be taking on, it was supposed to be Andrade and Angel Garza. Now it's Angel Garza and Austin Theory. So before we even get in the match, have you seen Austin Theory at all in NXT? Uh, I have. I, I didn't see him in NXT. I saw him... Um, on on his on his indies, um, when I used to watch indie wrestling, I mean, I mean, the kid isn't, you know, he's only, you know, twenty two, I think, year, years of age, twenty two or twenty three, and I, I, I don't, I, I don't think he's he's worth it to be put on a, a main event card like that, or in a pay per view of like WrestleMania, not having a name, not having anything. He's what had two matches in NXT. Maybe, uh, two to three, two to three. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I think this is a bad, bad move. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak on whether it's a good or bad move. I just here's the thing. There is no way in hell Austin Theory and Angel Garza are gonna beat the Street Profits on a cold build when the Street Profits haven't really had much momentum and they finally have it. There's no way they're gonna put the Street Profits down. I think the Street Profits win this match in probably pretty quick order, if I'm being honest. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Let's move on to the next match where I actually have a prediction here because so this has not been official. I think we'll find out Friday night that it becomes official, but the Miz and John Morrison are supposed to defend the tag team titles in a triple threat ladder match against the new day and the Usos. It is rumored that Miz has some sort of injury or illness that he cannot participate in WrestleMania. This has been a rumor all over social media for probably a little over a week now. And every other injury slash removal of title matches, obviously Roman Reigns we'll talk about in a little bit, Andrade I just touched on, has been announced. WWE hasn't mentioned The Miz. For some reason, I feel like they're going to plug Jeff Hardy in this match to team with Morrison. What is your take on that? My just, just pure speculation. It's a ladder match. Ladders and Jeff Hardy go basically as good as anything peanut butter and jelly what do you think i i don't think that would be a bad move i i mean morrison and hardy both have experience in in the ladder match they saw each other many times in tags and one-on-one for the ic strap i mean it would be a it'd be a really good move but honestly i i see morrison going into this maybe a handicap maybe because, you know, I heard the thing about The Miz. I mean, they're not really saying anything about The Miz and or Roman Reigns, for that matter. So they're not going to – I think it's going to be a surprise. If they do plug Jeff Hardy, they ain't going to say nothing about it. I do think that WWE social media has acknowledged that Roman Reigns is out, though, haven't they? No, not, to, not that I know of. I watched the um, interview with Triple H, and he's still talking about, you know, Roman and – Goldberg. Interesting. Uh, well, a lot of credible sources have, have put Roman Reigns out, so I'm going to go with Roman Reigns being out. But The Miz, obviously nothing's official yet until it's official. That is my prediction. Hypothetically speaking, no matter what, who are you taking in this match? Who, who walks out with the titles? Um. Oh, If Miz shows up, then I'm taking Miz and Morrison all the way. Um, I, don't, I don't have another way to go. Okay. I don't think the New Day win. I think the Usos win. The Usos could use this match. They've never really... Actually, fun fact. The Usos have never been on the main card of WrestleMania. This is a ladder match. Not only are they going to be on the main card, they're going to win this match. No, I don't care who's Miz or Morrison's tag team partner. I would love for it to be Jeff Hardy. Watch him jumping all over the place. Usos win this one. That's who I got. Let's uh let's go ahead and move on. Kabuki Warriors haven't defended the title since TLC back in December. They're going to take on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in it's not really a cold feud, but nothing has really they've they've messed around a little bit, nothing too serious. Who do you think takes this one? Uh Bliss and Cross. <laughs> solely solely because when Bliss and Cross were champions, I mean, they were defending and it's uh, I mean, everybody who watched wrestling sort of forgot about the women's tag team division, and it's not being highlighted at all. I mean, I, I think if you put the straps on Bliss and Cross, I think you'll get more of a highlight there than with uh, Asuka and Marie. So I take Bliss and Cross. So I'm actually going to agree with you, but for a different reason. I think that Asuka's going to turn on Kyrie Zane. Asuka has been a great heel but she's also a better singles wrestler than she is a tag team. I think she turns on Kyrie, leaves her for dead, Bliss and Cross win this one. Agreed. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. This is actually a pretty high-profile match. This is going to be the first time ever that an NXT title match of any kind is going to take place at WrestleMania. You got Rhea Ripley, the champion. She beat Shayna Baszler. About a month or so back, she's going to take on Charlotte. Charlotte wins the Women's Royal Rumble this year. 
Everybody's wondering, is she going to take on Bailey? Is she going to take on Becky? We've already seen those. What the heck? All of a sudden, she comes out of left field and challenges Rhea Ripley. Actually, Rhea Ripley kind of challenges her. What uh, What do you think? I I think this is going to be a well-drawn-out match between the two. Um, I... I'm I'm taking Charlotte for the win, but but here here see here's why. Charlotte's done everything from Raw and SmackDown. I mean her NXT days, I mean, were 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 cut short because they needed women for the main roster. I mean she was she was the champion there. Uh, I I I see them with them trying trying to strengthen you know the NXT brand, adding Charlotte and all the prestige that comes with that name. I don't. I don't think Rhea has a, has a chance against Charlotte. I mean, Rhea is doing doing good with the title and doing good in NXT, but she's not Charlotte Flair. You know, we're gonna disagree again. So I was at the War Games event in Chicago, Survivor Series weekend, when Rhea Ripley put the team on her back and won the women's war the first ever women's War Games match. Okay. A week or so later, a couple weeks later, she ends up beating Shayna Baszler, cleaning the middle. So she's now pinned Shayna two times. She's the first ever NXT UK champion. Here's the thing. This is Rhea's time. This match is simply made because Charlotte's beat everybody. A loss will not affect her. A win will Gosh, a win at WrestleMania with the NXT title will catapult Rhea Ripley to unknown standards. I think Rhea pins. I think she pins Charlotte clean in the middle. No, I think it's a brawl. It's going to be the best women match of the entire night, and I, there's going to be we're going to talk about four in a row here in a second. I think it's the best women's match of the night, potentially match of the year candidate for women at least. I got Rhea. Well, Rhea's my pick. I mean, I, I see where you're going, and I, I, you know, don't I don't disagree with it. If you wanna, you catapult Rhea. I mean, that's the way to do it. But at the same time, you t- you you uh want to build an NXT brand to compete with the AEW, and the, the way to do that is you know you add Charlotte as the champ, and then you you build around Charlotte with that with that women's division. You got new opponents for Charlotte. You got you got a challenge there in NXT. Not saying that Rhea's not. But at, at the same time, I, I I think Charlotte takes it. Just 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 a bit, just uh beat uh, AEW in the ratings. That's what I think happens. I'll tell you what. If you want to pull Charlotte Flair off the main roster and put her back on NXT to help drive business, it's a smart move. <laughs> it is a smart move. It does not hurt Charlotte Flair at all. It only helps out NXT. But I don't think NXT needs it. I just their women's divisions. As good as Raw, and it's as good as SmackDown. And that's crazy because they just lost their best wrestler, Shayna Baszler, to the main roster. I don't think they need to fill that spot. That's just my opinion. You know, NXT UK girls are even doing pretty well. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of opportunity there. But if you're going to take Charlotte and you're going to put her on the NXT roster, it's only going to be better. So I could agree with you there, but I do. I'm still sticking with Rhea. Okay. Let's move on. Got the SmackDown women's title initially listed as a six-pack challenge. It has since been changed to a fatal five-way elimination match. But then, maybe this is a maybe this was a, um, a mix-up, but Michael Cole listed it as a way that Bailey doesn't even need to be pinned. So I'm not sure if it is an elimination. It's listed as an elimination match, but based off of what he said, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Regardless... Bailey defends the women's championship against Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha, Tamina. I don't give a crap if it's elimination or not elimination. Personally, I think Sasha wins this. I'm torn. I mean, I want to see, see, you know, I feel Sasha's going to win it, but I want to see Lacey just because she's had she's had that feud with Sasha and with Bailey. And it, it went cold, and I think there was more there than what people what people wanted to see. And I, I honestly think that they gave it to Lacey, to be honest, just be, just because you know that that rivalry, like I said, went cold, and there was more there. The only way I could see that happening 
is if Sasha Banks and Bailey just literally start going at it into a brawl. I just can't see Lacey beating both of them. Because if it is an elimination match, she would have to essentially pin Sasha and Bailey. I just, I don't know. That seems far-fetched to me. That's a huge push for her if that does happen. But I don't know. Tamina, honestly, that this should have been a fatal four-way, no elimination. Tamina should have never been in this match. Dana Brooke had to be removed because of potential coronavirus issues. I, I don't know. This this match is a throwaway to me. Bailey's had a pretty solid title run. Nothing to really write home about, but nothing to really discourage either. She's she's been pretty good. She even had a pretty nice showing at Survivor Series with with Becky and Shayna and the triple threat. I wish this would have been Bailey and Sasha, but if you're not gonna do that here, you should have just made it the fatal four way. Naomi's been good, Lacey's been good, Sasha's been been good, and Bailey's been good. Tamina hasn't even wrestled a match and you're throwing it in here. Dana Brooke, come on, please. I don't know. I'm taking Sasha. You're taking Lacey. This match, personally, to me, is a throwaway. I don't know about you. Yeah, no. Agreed. Okay. Let's move on to the last women's match, the last title match, uh, until we get to the uh, the world title feuds. Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. I'm a Baszler fan. I've watched her pretty much her entire NXT run and she comes up to the main she comes up to the main roster she has the elimination chamber match last month and in dominant fashion she taps out all five women wins the match convincingly and her and Becky renew a feud that ended survivor's night when Becky jumped through and put her through the table in the main event who do you think wins this one i personally think that Becky's one year run is going to come to an end. I have I have a I have a prediction for this. Um kind of strong kind of not. Sources put put Ronda Rousey in, in a backstage area at a WWE event. Uh, I think this thing turns into a triple threat. I think you get Ronda, uh Becky and Shayna for the triple threat for the title. That's what I see happening. And if that's the case, I'm taking Ronda. But if it stays to a one-on-one fashion, I'm taking Shayna all day. I really don't see them putting Ronda in this match cold with no fan reaction. That seems far-fetched to me. I mean, it's cold, yes. But the, the, the story there, MMA background between Shayna and Ronda. I'm not. I, I mean, the, um, quote, quote me if I'm wrong. They were titled the four, four horsewomen after the original four four, four, four horsewomen yeah. left. Correct. I, th- I I think they build upon that as a rivalry. I think they started at Mania. I think they continue because I think Becky's gonna do her th- do her thing somewhere else. Do her thing somewhere else. What do you mean? I think Becky goes on um, a small leave. And takes a short break to because I heard they want to do things with with Becky and and Seth in their personal relationship. That's what I heard anyway. I don't know how true that is, but I I honestly think that's if that doesn't happen, I I you know I honestly think Shayna takes it. But I honestly feel wholeheartedly that it turns into a triple threat. I think that I'm not going to go with the triple threat. I don't think that's going to happen. Ronda Rousey is somebody that you want to ice for a match, get a crowd reaction for. Becky's been the champ for a year. She had a very good build to WrestleMania with the man gimmick. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. Don't even care how much heat I get here. Becky Lynch just had a terrible one-year run with the title. She's had... I'm just going to say this. One good match. Hell in a Cell with Sasha Banks was great. The triple threat between Baszler and Bailey was all right. Everything else has been bad with her. You know, I just – it's Shayna's time, and I'll tell you what. There is no other woman you want on the top of that Raw division than Shayna Baszler right now. And you could honestly have her and Ronda fight. You could have Becky and her fight again. There's a lot you can do here. Personally, one of the reasons I think Charlotte stays is because she is the perfect woman to feud with, with Baszler, especially if Becky is going to take a leave like you talked about. Her and Seth want to maybe tie the knot or whatever, whatever that may be. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on. So earlier I was alluding to 
WWE trying to throw out gimmick matches so that matches didn't have to take place into an empty arena. Three of those matches were added to WrestleMania. Firefly Funhouse, John Cena, the return of John Cena, hasn't wrestled in over a year against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. The Fiend has one loss. It's in Blood Money of the Sand, Saudi Arabia, against Goldberg in a terrible match. Firefly Funhouse, we really don't know what to expect here. I would assume, based off the title of the match, it's literally going to take place in that area that Brace cuts his promos. What's your take? First off, what do you think the Firefly Funhouse match is before you even give your winner? I mean, I was confused. Scratching my head, trying to figure out what it was. I even tried digging for it, and I couldn't get nothing. So the only thing I could think of, do you, you remember when the uh, they had Matt Hardy versus uh, Bray Wyatt in that Hardy compound? Yeah. That's what I think it's going to end up being like. You know, you, he's going to, you know, walk through the house, and you see all the smoking mirrors, all the Bray Wyatt, you know, far-fetched stuff that you're we're used to seeing. And I think it's going to end up in a ring somewhere – where Bray Wyatt holds his his Firefly Funhouse things at. So what I honestly think is going to happen. It's going to be another you know compound thing. Uh, that's just my opinion. So you don't you don't really anticipate this actually being a good match. No no no. I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out. It's not even going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be a knockdown drag out fisticuffs. You know punch the face type of deal. That's I don't I don't even see it. I wouldn't even build a wrestling match. Okay, who do you think wins? I don't know about you. I think this is an easy fiend win. Um, yes. Oh, I, I take Bray winning this, and here's why. Um, everybody Bray has fought. That they, they so the opponent changes in yeah. a way. Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan's changed after after the fight, and, and you know it's I think. With John Cena's return and him losing to Bray, I think you get the doctor after the loss. So the one thing I want to point out, I want to touch on what you just said. So the Fiend has challenged all of his opponents. And every time he beats that opponent, they go from either face to heel or heel to face. Seth Rollins went from a face to a heel. Daniel went from a heel to a face. Miz went from a face to a heel. John, obviously, he didn't beat Goldberg, so that one apparently doesn't count. I would love to see John Cena turn into the Doctor of Thumbonomics, even if it's for just a little one-off match. I would, I would love it personally. I think that's good TV. I, uh, I just, regardless of how this match actually turns out, I can't see John Cena winning for the simple fact of he already pissed off the fan base by letting Oldberg beat him. And I, I'm a John Cena guy. I'm not a John Cena hater like some people. I'm not a huge fan, but I don't hate him. I think Bray beats John. It gives him a super credible win over what some people would be considered the greatest of all time. Doesn't matter how it happens. I think The Fiend wins this one. Yes. Let's go on to the second one. Again, a gimmick match. I don't foresee this one actually taking place in the arena either, just like the John Cena Bray Wyatt match. It's called a boneyard match. You got The Undertaker, you got AJ Styles. I want to go over a couple things. First question What gimmick do you think The Undertaker brings to WrestleMania? Uh, no, you, you, um, you get the American Badass. I don't know if you saw SmackDown or The Undertaker. Oh, sorry, Raw in the Undertaker interview, uh, it pretty much gave you the answer right there. If I don't know. If you didn't see it, let me tell you. I, I did, I did um, see it, and that, that actually okay. struck my question because I also assumed, based off the promo, based off the look, it had a very 2003-2004 American badass feel. Yes. Okay. Let's uh I want to touch on something else though that he brought up in the promo. And I don't I'm gonna butcher this. I don't have it word for word. But he basically said, go ahead and bring Gallows and Anderson, and I'm gonna bring something. He basically referenced that 
he could potentially be bringing backup. But the backup didn't sound like people. It almost sounded like he's going to bring the American badass. He's going to bring, you know, the the darkness undertaker. Maybe he even bring out Mean Mark. It just seemed it seemed like they're going to try something strange here. Did you kind of pick up on that or no? Um, I did. Uh, I I also got that feeling. I think um, if he does bring anybody with him and he does the you know the bad the American badass gimmick, like we both suspect he's going to do, I think you get a return of the brothers destruction. That's what I honestly feel. So, yeah, because in, in that era, I, I would ahead. love to see Kane come somehow get you know brought into this and watch a two on three beatdown. Because here's the thing. If we're if we're talking simply one on one in the ring with a crowd, I personally believe that an Undertaker AJ Styles match can deliver. I've actually wanted this match for a couple of years now because Undertaker and Shawn Michaels has always been great. Every time those two get in the ring, it's a great match. I think Undertaker works better with people that can that are smaller and can sell for him. If he doesn't have to pick up and beat around a big guy, he actually does look good in matches. I think this would have been a great match. If it's going to be a boneyard match, and it's going to be super gimmicky, and you're going to have interference, you might as well have Kane be out there too. I, I guess regardless, who do you think wins this match, and what do you think the outcome is? Uh, I don't. I, I take The Undertaker. I don't think AJ Styles is going to go over on The Undertaker. I honestly don't. I, AJ Styles is good. Probably the best, one of the best out there right now. But I don't think he goes over on, on An Undertaker at, at, at a WrestleMania. He's not that... He's not there yet, if you understand what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I guess here's where I'll say. If AJ Styles does, in fact, beat The Undertaker, the only reason I could see it happening is simply for them to have AJ challenge, who I think is going to win the title. We'll talk about that in a minute. Drew McIntyre moving forward. Otherwise, I think The Undertaker wins this one. It's WrestleMania. It's his, it's his, his yard. It's going to be in the boneyard, for goodness sakes, whatever that means, which I'm guessing is a grain, graveyard. And uh, I do foresee a, potentially a cane getting in there and uh, mixing it up, too. So I think we agree there. Let's go to the last gimmick match. Probably the most well-built WrestleMania match on this card. Edge, Randy Orton. Edge makes his 10-year return at the Royal Rumble this year. Last man standing. I think it's pretty obvious that you can say Edge wins, but give me uh, give me a rundown of this match. Um, yeah, you mentioned his return, and then you know the the hiatus directly after because you know the beatdown with the chair yeah. with the chair shots. But but I I honestly feel it's it's being built very very well. You know, Edge hasn't been on TV besides his last two, you know, interviews in like three months after. after. Um, I, I think Randy Orton did, did did really well building this by pretty much by himself with the with the inclusion of Matt Hardy and Beth Phoenix. But I and I think it's been built very well. And if I'm picking a winner, it's going to be really. Randy Orton. I honestly do. I, I honestly feel that way because Edge is going to make his you know ten year return. And over a, a fresh Randy Orton, no, not going to happen. I really thought we were going to disagree on this. I actually 100% agree. I think Randy Orton beats Edge in a last man standing match in, in Edge's return moment. And here's why. Edge could very easily win this match and send home everybody happy. But guess what? There isn't going to be anybody there. I think... I think Randy exactly. Orton gets Edge. Everybody on TV's pissed. And I, just, I don't know. So here's the thing. Bray Wyatt's going to win. Everyone's going to be happy about it. Undertaker's going to win. Everybody's going to be happy about it. We'll talk about this in a bit, but Drew McIntyre's going to win. Everybody's going to be happy about it. Goldberg's probably going to lose no matter who, who he fights. Everybody's going to be happy about it. You can't send everybody home happy. I think Randy Orton's beating Edge. I uh, know. I I agree. I agree. He, I mean, Edge Edge has been gone for a while. He, did, I, he all that ring rust. Even no matter all the workout he's gonna do is not gonna, you know, keep him 
hanging with a viper. It's just not going to happen. Randy's got too much experience and has been going for in the past 10 years. Edge has been gone. I mean, multiple world, world titles, you know, accolades beyond this world. I, I give it to Randy Orton. Yeah, we're going to actually agree here. I, I did not anticipate us agreeing on this one. And it's, I'm not even just being a Randy Orton homer. I personally believe that the way this feud has been built and the way WrestleMania is going to play out, Orton's going to win this one. And uh, regardless, I don't think this is their last match, no matter who wins. I think this match, this I think this feud continues because it's been that good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I, I think you might, I, I would put it a best of five series, to be honest. You know, Edge has got, you know, a little bit more left in the tank. He wants to show it. And, you know, anyway, he's going to want to want to rematch Could- if Randy wins. And they're going to, you know, swap wins back and forth. And then for, for an ultimate finish, you, you get rated RKO as, as, a last, as a last-ditch effort to catapult Edge. So you retirement. think this could potentially draw to SummerSlam? You have an ending before that. No, I, I think, it, go, I think um, it goes to a little bit past yeah, SummerSlam. Almost all year. To be honest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm shocked we agreed on that. I I, I honestly can't believe it because I think most people are putting edge on there. Let's go to the next match. <sighs> Goldberg, the champion versus Roman Reigns. A couple things to break down here. Goldberg comes back, blood money in the sand, fights Bray Wyatt, the fiend. I think a lot of people, as soon as they heard that, they're like, wait a minute here. Is Goldberg going to beat The Fiend? I think he is. Turns out he does in a terrible match. Couldn't even hit the jackhammer. Sets up Roman Reigns-Goldberg. Here's the thing. Roman Reigns beats Goldberg clean in the middle. The entire audience is going to cheer. Turns out Roman Reigns doesn't sound like he's going to be in this match anymore. Uh, For those of you that are listening that don't know about Roman Reigns, he recovers from leukemia. His immune system is compromised, and the coronavirus is potentially deadly to him. So he's not going to participate in WrestleMania, pulling himself out of a title match. It's honestly, if you really break it down, it's actually super honorable of him. First off, assuming he's not in, who's his replacement? And give me your prediction on the match. Okay, my prediction. So far-fetched. Please don't laugh at me. I, I honestly feel with, with the circumstances, the way WWE has been going and, you know, no fans in the arena trying to stick everything against the wall. Honestly, I think you get CM Punk. That's my prediction. I think you get Goldberg and Punk and Punk for the win. Wow. Here's the thing. If that is, in fact... That doesn't sound crazy. What I didn't expect you to say that, but that doesn't sound crazy. Because everybody and their got- brother would pay to see Roman Reigns and CM Punk. So you could do a yeah. post-WrestleMania storyline with Roman and Punk. Oh, definitely. Goldberg, who assumes he's going to dismantle anybody he gets in the ring with, all of a sudden Punk's music hits. He's like, who the hell is this guy? You would just assume that Goldberg's never heard of Punk, really, if you think about it. He was never there when Punk was there. They would have never crossed paths. It does seem like Punk would be like coming out and Goldberg would be like, wait, who the hell is this dude? You know what I mean? That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the the more probably obvious choice. The biggest drawing name that doesn't have a WrestleMania match, Braun Strowman. And unfortunately, this is way too late. Bra- they missed their spot on Braun. But they have an opportunity here because Braun and Roman actually made some magic. And assuming that Roman's going to get back into the title picture post-Mania, I got Braun going up against Goldberg in what I would hope to be a squash. But I could also see Goldberg saying, you know what? I don't mind holding this belt for a couple weeks and cutting a few stupid promos and maybe getting a another payoff with Roman and having them beat Braun. I would hope they wouldn't do that, but I'm assuming Braun is going to get his ears replacement. That is the internet rumor as well. I want to point that out. No, but I haven't heard any rumors of who wins, but I would assume Braun would beat Goldberg. So that's what I'm going with. Braun Strowman replacement beats Goldberg. I love your theory. 
I think it'd be crazy. But, uh, wow. Yeah. Let's move on to the, uh, the main event. The Royal Rumble winner, Drew McIntyre, fights Brock Lesnar for the, for the uh, WWE title. Who do you think wins this? I don't know. I'm I'm torn between the two. I can see I can see it go either way. But if you're if you're you know forcing me to pick a winner, I'm I'm taking Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't I don't think Drew has has done enough to to beat a Brock Lesnar. Brock has dominated so many people in in, in so much time. Uh, Drew McIntyre is it gets thrusted just because he wins the Royal Rumble. Come on now, uh, Drew's done nothing before that. I mean, he's had he's had an, uh, a tag team run, and then and then years before he was the IC champ for a cup of coffee. I I honestly think Brock goes over here. You're not going to get a disagreement from me. I'm actually happy that you said that. Here's my take. Brock, I, I think about things like this. I really dissect everything when I'm trying to discover who I think is going to win, especially at an event like this. Brock Lesnar last year, who did he fight at Mania? Do you remember? Seth Rollins. I don't recall. Seth Beatles. Yes. WrestleMania 34 main event. He fought Roman Reigns. Everybody thought Roman was winning because Brock's contract expired. Turns out Brock wins shockingly. Turns out he had signed an extension. WrestleMania 33, he beat Goldberg. Okay. WrestleMania 32, he beat Dean. WrestleMania 31, Seth cashes in. Brock doesn't get pinned. Brock's been on a pretty hefty winning streak at Mania. Except for last year. Which makes me believe, like, he could easily win this match. But I don't think it look. I don't think it's a good look to have Brock Lesnar look weak two WrestleManias in a row. Because if Drew does win, it's going to make Brock look weak. He's going to Claymore kick him for the win. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with this you. Is a, this is a weird match. I think Drew deserves this win. I think we maybe disagree there. He, unfortunately, they probably missed it. Probably, I don't know, 18 months ago, he was Drew was more, more on fire than he is now. But he's still got a steady push going here. I just don't know who Drew McIntyre's post-WrestleMania feud would be with the belt. That's what doesn't make sense to me. I guess a... A face Drew McIntyre against a heel Rollins, maybe? Or a face Drew McIntyre against a heel AJ? Both of those would be good matches. But prefer, I, I think Lesnar Lesnar has a chance, but I'm taking Drew. Wow. I didn't expect that. From I'm you. taking Drew all. only for the I... simple fact of. I don't know. I just. I think there's a chance that Goldberg does hang on to the belt and they're not going to have both heavyweight title champions stay the same. I think Drew has a really good chance of winning. It does catapult Drew by putting over, you know, beating Lesnar. Lesnar sees money in this. I don't think this is the end. I could see them Brock taking some time off and then fighting Drew again at SummerSlam. And if Drew doesn't have a good drawing champion run, then Brock takes the belt and it's over with. Bye-bye, Drew. You know? But... I guess we'll see. I guess we'll no, see. No. Especially yeah. if Drew McIntyre is a face champion. You know, let's just go ahead and transition into this. Potential NXT call-ups, WrestleMania story, post-WrestleMania storylines and, and predictions. Uh, this all, all falls into one. I think that the Undisputed Era has a really good chance of coming up. I was just going to focus on, on, on that. You know, me and you had talked briefly about the Undisputed Era, you know, coming up to the main roster after Mania. And I don't see it being a bad move. Uh, but I think if they're going to do, do something like that, I, I would hold out for, like, an audience to do something like yeah. that because you're going to want the pop for that. Yeah, but you know what? As much as I agree with you, who knows when they're going to get that audience again? And... Ratings matter right now more than ever, probably because you don't have an audience. You don't have paying tickets. You really need TV to really be good. How good would raw be 
with an NXT call up of Undisputed Era potentially storming the joint. I just uh, that's good TV. Personally, right now I love NXT. It's my favorite wrestling show. It's better than Raw SmackDown. I, I prefer it over AEW. If the Undisputed Era were to leave NXT and join Raw, I would be an instant tune into Raw every week because I, I I like the Undisputed Era. I like what they do. They're great heels. I could even see them being great face. Potentially keep them in a face role or move them to a face role, I should say. Um, it's definitely a storyline post WrestleMania, or it, it's the call up that I see happening, especially. I already touched on Keith Lee. I do think that Keith Lee probably loses the belt tonight at NXT and moves into a roster spot. Either, I think, personally, I think he fits better on SmackDown. But, uh, but yeah, anything else you want to add on on post WrestleMania? I mean, looking looking past WrestleMania, I I don't argue the Keith Lee thing, but I I, I don't think he gets pulled just yet. I honestly think he's got a little bit more to prove in NXT. Um, the only people I can think would probably be called up would would be your Undisputed Era. I don't see any I don't see any any other call ups after, uh, besides that fact. And post post WrestleMania, if we're if we're talking like matches later on, I don't know if he wanted to touch on this, but you know, I I I think they got they got more with the Undertaker after. Uh, if this goes well, yeah, if this weekend goes well, I agree. I could uh, I could get behind an Undertaker Kane versus the Club. I could get behind an Undertaker versus the Fiend, as long as he puts the Fiend over. I could get behind Undertaker Strowman. I could get behind another. I, I, here's the thing. I'm okay with the nostalgia acts. I know a lot of people don't care for them. I'm okay with them as long as they're done right. And you know, if if you want to do an Undertaker Brock Lesnar, another small feud, not multiple matches, but like one more one off, I'd be cool with that. Again, I don't, I don't hate those. I think. You had touched on this a second, a little bit. What about a Doctor of Thumbonomics John Cena challenging the Undertaker for a SummerSlam match or something? That that would be yeah. amazing. I I, I I honestly feel if you get that, that that's your show stealer for, for Survivor Series or SummerSlam or Survivor Series, whoever's next. Uh, to to be honest, but I don't think you get that. Um, my prediction for the next upcoming pay per view. Um, I think wholeheartedly after everything that I've read, internet sources, everything, I th- I think you finally get, you know, your few that you've been claiming for since the, since the early 90s. I think you get Sting and Taker at, at the next pay-per-view because Sting has already resigned a one-year deal. You know, I've seen some rumblings about Sting being cleared and all that, and I lost hope when it wasn't made for me. Unless it's a Survivor Series or something. I don't see them put pay per view like a like a payback or an extreme rules or anything like that. That seems no. no it's gonna be a main draw pay per view if they do, and I, I honestly feel if if they're if what I read is true, I I I would I would watch that at, at, by any means. I, even if you you know all the wrestling sucks from here on out, that is something I've been wanting to see since early '96. And people have been been yearning for it, just and that we just didn't get it. And, and honestly, with, with the way their two careers have gone, I mean, they're both getting up there in age. Who knows when they're going to do it again? And Sting's already said, you know, he wants to face the Undertaker and vice versa. I think yeah. you find. I think it'd be it. fun if maybe even Sting came out, not came out, but joined Undertaker in the in the Boneyard match to to help even the score, and then. You know, they give each other the look of maybe a future feud down the road, and then we get them at SummerSlam. I think that'd be – or even uh, – I actually heard this. So Survivor Series this year is the exact 30-year to the day that The Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series. So, yes, 30 years to the day. That's interesting. So if you don't think Undertaker's wrestling at Survivor Series, you're on some hard crack. Well, <laughs> you know, let's let's go ahead and end it there. Lots of predictions. 
We broke down the entire show, 16 matches. We talked a little NXT. We talked a little Dark Side of the Ring. Chris, it was good having you on. Can you let everybody know where people can find you on social media? Yeah, um, at, at Chris Seibert, uh, at Twitter. Awesome, man. And then good having thing you on. I'm sure I'll have you on again. We'll talk some more wrestling preview shows. This was a fun one. We went about an hour. Uh, good having you on, man. Thanks again. Take care, man. Look forward.